Hello, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. This is Nazati Muhammad Yaqub, your host for Talk Architecture Podcast. Today's topic is a school of architecture. Not their school of architecture, but a, a or a school of architecture. So we ask questions about what is architecture, what is architecture education, what is the architectural designer, who is, who is the architect, and we ask these questions. We even had interviews previously that we stated that architects are artists, and um, we continue with a series uh, on a school of architecture. Yeah, there is a difference, the School of Architecture. So we, we had this uh, conversation about the Architectural Association School of Architecture. We interviewed, we discussed, we even had clubhouse rooms um, dedicated to discussing that as well. <clears throat> and um, um, the idea of the School of Architecture, the Architecture Association, was rooted in the legacy of um, Elvin Boyarsky, the late Elvin Boyarsky, and how um, he allowed a diversity of um, design, uh, education philosophies, or the approach to design in uh, amongst the tutors, which um, which provided for a richness. Uh, in terms of what the students of architecture could um, could pursue or could could study further, and which is very influential in um, in the learning of architecture and the course or the practice that they choose to to uh, engage with or or explore later in their lives and. These are famous architects. We know all about them, and we have discussed about this. So the School of Architecture, apart from AA, there are other schools of architecture of their own right. It's just hap- so happened that we um, have access to um, graduates or people in practice who went to AA school and who happened to be during the time of the late Alvin Boyarsky as the chairman of the AA at that time. So we had the opportunity to um, uh, explore those things, the conversation, I mean. So, but today's topic is called A School of Architecture. So what, what should A School of Architecture do? Is it like a minimum what architecture schools should do? Now, in conjunction with many activities that we're doing, um, we find that this topic is um, an interesting topic to discuss because it it sort of give you an idea of what we think about a school of architecture in terms of what a school of architecture, any school of architecture in the world, and of course we're talking in the context of the of Malaysia, which uh, have its issues and problems of of its own, but there are also other um, aspects to it that um, people from different countries and different contexts 
could gain from this uh, topic. A school of architecture, should it be, um, you know, uh, provide for the very minimum to facilitate learning in terms of providing enough theory? Is there a thinking that theory of architecture is not really necessary now in this day and age of climate change and and zero carbon emission? I mean, should it all be about, should architecture be about trying to um, have these objectives as well? Architecture has always been dealing with zero carbon emission in a way um, of the past. Architecture that that is not really impact impacting the environment or does not use a lot of carbon emissions and um, architecture that, uh, you know, there is this approach in architecture design to touch lightly the earth to build um, with sustainable uh, design objectives. So is that all, what architecture should be now? The, we only think about architecture that is so-called green building. We have discussed this before, before that green building uh, is just a measurement or a standard um, adopted by a, a country to give uh, awards or a rating system that... Um, um, the professionals would want to be having, um, perhaps this will make them be the professionals. Uh, this will um, inform other people that they're practicing sustainable design. So that could be an incentive uh, or a reason to hire them for the next project. Or it could be like, the award is to suit with what that particular country sees as reasonable or the professional body sees as reasonable uh, to um, to be socially responsible for the community when they have this award given for, for example, the Green Building Index. So is that what architecture is about now? I mean, when you give an award like that, are you saying that other people are not doing the right thing? Does the school of architecture or a school of architecture has to teach sustainable design? Didn't we teach sustainable design before? What is the difference between teaching architecture now when we consciously have subjects such as sustainable design? with what we have been doing in the past. So these are some of the questions we're asking about a school of architecture, how much facilitation, how much accommodation does the school of architecture want to have with regard to sustainable design? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of critical with this because we have been practicing sustainable design previously, even before 
the 2000s, I mean, the, the consciousness of sustainable design developments thought that around the millennium in the world, so now it's come to a different uh, focus and urgency is even more acute. I mean, this is besides um, architecture that deals with disaster management and reduction. This is besides other things such as um, architecture that deals with social justice and resilience, because we have been doing that in the past. So how does that reflect in the curriculum, specifically in the studio curriculum of a school of architecture? We are in danger of an overkill when, when, um, in that duration of time when we can, uh, facilitate the learning of an architecture student, um, to overdo certain things. I mean, overkill, overdo, uh, in terms of, sustainable design what more is there to learn i mean when you teach in second year passive energy design um some principles like cross ventilation orientation of the sun this is for tropical country you know you can get uh, less you can save energy by using um more of the natural ventilation or cross ventilation or a hybrid of that and not depending too much on air conditioning. Or you could go for understanding about renewable energy or the use of certain materials that are more natural. Or is it if you use alloy, it can be broken down. I mean, these are aspects that you can teach in the second year. In one year, you can teach everything already. And what about the rest of the four years? The first year, maybe you're learning about the art process graphic communication, how to draw, how to be able to express so that people can read your drawings, how to actually think about precedence and how to design and so on, yeah? You've done that in the first year. You've done that in the second year. You introduce sustainability. And then what about the rest of the third, fourth, and fifth year? Are you, you know... Schools of architecture are in danger of repeating again the learning. So it's like a lost opportunity for educators to actually explore different subjects. And for educators, if you want, if it's a technical a competency, okay, a technical competency, the students started with a single building, multiple buildings, first floor, second floors, and then they have a bit more complexity of a fifth floor with the basement parking. And then we have this high rise building. And then we have some sort of a design thesis looking into a special subject. But I mean, we haven't questioned about high rise building and sustainability in a way that could it, uh, could it, a high-rise building be made entirely out of timber or could it be entirely made biodegradable? We don't because uh, that's highly specialized subject, which a student of architecture can really explore. And when should they explore this? Could Should they explore it in the fourth year? But they don't because they actually want to 
just complete the task to actually understand the building bylaws or the law, the technical design integration of the subject. And it's conventional. It is based on understanding of the high-rise um, when, you know, in, in the last century. There's a lot of things that we learned from the last century. And we may have to revise them, but we're still learning the same things. So when we think about a school of architecture and the benchmarking of an a school of architecture is sustainable design, are we really? Are we really in essence, or are we just looking at what we want to see and then we get the student to do the study on that and to just say that our school has been touching about sustainable design, but really have we? Because what is a school of architecture in a way that we would like changes to happen in our society? Is a school of architecture still um, maintaining the status quo in terms of uh, concrete manufacturers or the use of concrete? Have the use of concrete in most of the buildings out there being practiced, have it, you know, have the use of concrete change? I mean, have the use, the practice in using concrete, has it changed? Has the detailing of resilient architecture changed? Have we explored that? So some school of architecture will say, yes, we have this investigation, we have this exploration on looking at innovation, on looking at how the material science, how the um, um, the practice of architecture detailing is to be more resilient and so on. But the learning for um, the fundamentals is also being thought, obviously. So whether that is an elective, you know, is, is a lot of things that the School of Architecture should make it compulsory, they still have it done as an elective, like what I've said just now, uh, teaching sustainable design or some some innovation, yeah, or allowing some innovation to be explored. Not only that, but also in universal design, for example. So innovation could be the core of an architectural school. And no accreditation board, accreditation board, sorry, or no a professional a body or registration body that um, a country has should um, put a barrier to this learning, obviously. <clears throat> I mean, no, no one in the right mind would put a barrier to expanded knowledge, um, explorative engagements and uh, results and findings coming out with um, solutions that are innovative. No country's accreditation body would want to stop to this. We're not selecting sustainable design only and looking at materials. Sustainable design is everything. It's about settlement. It's about master planning. It's about um, a lot of other ideas, yeah? Co-living. It's about universal design. It's... Everything to do with theory of architecture. And theory of architecture, the architectural thought that goes to thinking about all these ideas, 
is what universities are about. And that's what the basic thing that a school of architecture in this day and age, 2022 onwards, should accommodate, should facilitate for. And at the core of it all is, in theory of architecture, it's about human being, humankind, progression through society in terms of the architectural thought and how different architectural thought came about in looking, in viewing, in and inhabiting this earth since. History of architecture and theory of architecture is the ver- the subject that is the core subject in this learning in a school of architecture. And it should be thought to be very important. And writing about it is one way, writing and reading and researching. Of a colleague of mine in a session had mentioned about research by design, not design by research, because we do research when we design. It is something that's natural. You study the phenomenon or observations that we do around us or what we will undertake once we get a commission or a project brief, uh, and this with this project brief, we go to the site analysis and we do all research and then we design. So design by research. But have we done design and use whatever we found from design and uh, document it as research? To be honest, we don't. We haven't really. Our documentation skills, it's not to say poor, but we, we're not trained to do this way. We're not, there is this approach that, that would be wonderful. I mean, uh, there are f- drawings, and through drawings, a lot of architectural school explore the, the nature of drawings, and this is very exciting to me. And I saw um, schools of architecture or the units in the schools of architecture that uh, the, the the tutor supervisor um, will you know make sure the students draw very well, and the standards of drawing are so excellent. Some of these projects, though, are fantastic, fantastical, and the premise where from which it came from. Um, it's not based on a um, an objective that wants to document something. I mean, architecture drawings for the sake of it alone is one thing. I mean, it's it's just I should I say the word perverted. I mean, it just it's just like self indulgence. Sorry, that's the more correct word. It's it's just something that um. Will it gain? Will it allow the student to gain more confidence going into the practice? For example, the practice of architecture could be commercially driven, or the practice of architecture um, is uh, funded, you know, by a client. So the the practice of architecture um, construct is to do with the real construct that people use the building. So. 
you, in order for a, a graduate to be confident as they go into architecture with a design methodology that is uh, based on um, a client, you know, a client who doesn't want to waste time to have some funds or clients that want to uh, create projects. Whether it's capitalistic or not is some of the issue that socialism or capitalism is something else that uh, is for another conversation. But what I'm trying to say is school of architecture, when you focus on drawings and drawing as bread and butter and the students of architecture need to be very good at drawing, not just manipulating um, digital applications and coming conjuring some sort of architecture that is formulaic, predictable, and doesn't have much thought and complexity in it. You know, it would be such a shame if that school of architecture um, deals with fantastical rather than real life problems. Like talking about the users, you know, talking about the community. So, so that's some fundamentals that a school of architecture should have, which um, decides that. Schools of architecture are located in in a particular location, a locality, and um, the cultural aspects of it is important to also deal with the historical heritage, cultural com- complexities of the area should be dealt with because that veers. If you're going into sociology, anthropology, you know, this is, uh, these are another thing that School of Architecture should strive for in terms of interdisciplinary. If you're looking in cultural, social and aspects, you know, and anthropology and sociology aspects of architecture, an expert or people interested in that should also be allowed to explore these aspects because this is, this is real. This is about the world. And it's not only about sustainable design. I mean, uh, you can engage engineers or uh, environmental specialists to run school of architecture. Yeah, you have a school of architecture, but it's not balance. It's not the real school of architecture. You don't have the heart and soul of the uh, other aspects of school, uh, the school of architecture, like theory of architecture, history and theory, uh, cultural and social the economic side as well could be interesting because that will also bear on social cultural if you want to look at that aspect. So really when you design school of architecture, you design from the fifth year downwards and fifth year upwards, meaning, yes, you have four years behind the fifth year, first year, second year, third year, fourth year, which the learning in terms of the technical and the um, all the fundamentals of what you want an architect to be in order to actually do a fifth-year project that they can carry out for the rest of their lives or maybe in the next five years as an architect, regardless of whether they are um, whether they are um, 
doing the, 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 the part three examinations to be a registered architect. Because out there, when you just glance at, or you just know, yeah, find the knowledge about architects practicing, even if the architect is a registered architect, they have their own interests. So the School of Architecture fundamentally should be able to, I'm using the word should, but you should not use the word should, you know, the word should is like compulsory, isn't it? Could, yeah, the word could. A School of Architecture could provide and facilitate an environment of learning with the right people teaching and a balance in all the subject matters so that by the time the student reaches fifth year, looking towards the architectural profession, they know their place in a way, they know their architectural identity, or they know that they want to explore something worthwhile. Because if we don't give those incentive in the beginning, we don't give that chance, the student may not know it. The student may not have the, cho- the choice. The student may didn't see the menu. You know, there's, there's something missing from the menu of teaching architecture that they could have done in the fifth year where they could, they could look forward to the rest of their learning. So the School of Architecture has a lot of responsibility to do this, a balanced way to accommodate. So in the fourth year, for example, if there is too much sustainable design based on technical technical under, undertakings, there is a lack of balance going into the fifth year. There must be this balance and the right menu so that the, the students will be really um, um, able to determine self-determination. You know, think about the Maslow pyramid, right? There is that pinnacle where you, you say... Um, uh, self-actualization. So that's what we're really trying to get at, you know, the basic needs, food, shelter, family, love, and all that. Then you get to the part where there's self-actualization. Could it happen at this age? Because this is the age of maturity, the age of 25 years old. We're talking about 20, 21, 22, 23, 25, you know. At that age, you can see it. You can see um, that this is something worthwhile to explore. Whether you want to change later is up to you. Whether you're going to be an architect or not, it's up to you. Whether you're going to uh, be more into teaching, that would be even more interesting because you would be going into this research, into trying to explore something worthwhile. There is something for everyone. School, A school of architecture I'm not looking at a model of the AA because, you know, Alvin Boyarsky managed to do that because he got individuals, in certain individuals, to be in the school so that the school can actually give a richness. I'm not saying that, yeah, that was sort of the optimum. Sort of the uh, people who went through that system, they really gained from it. And... Um, I'm not saying exactly replicate that. What I'm saying is to facilitate the basic things and not to put theory as um, as the lowest level of concern, not to make cultural and social as the lowest level of concern and sustainable design to be like 80% of the curriculum. 
sustainability and technology is like 80% of the curriculum, is one-sided. So the school, a school of architecture should provide for the reality of what's going to happen to an architecture graduate in the profession and in um, civilization, in the society. So I'd like to conclude with this uh, particular podcast, that this podcast is sort of a reflection, a discussion on a school of architecture, what an A school of architecture uh, could be doing to give a, a more realistic choice for a student to to predict or to uh, explore in the future um, with what they learned in the past, which is the last four years of architecture school. Thank you very much for listening. Hope to see you again next in the next podcast.